0: Action Park Media.
1: Good morning, everybody. Now, if you have a bit of a case of seasonal depression, um, you're really conscious of the energy coming into your life, going out of you, Well, I get the pleasure of introducing you today to this wonderful human being who has the best name in the world, Kim, Kimberly. Uh, She is phenomenal. She is a soul architect. She's from New Mexico. And my goodness, if you are in the mood for some practical tips of how to just protect yourself today and every day moving forward, take 30 minutes, get cozy and listen to this. This is Pretty Depressed with Kim. So I'm joined by the amazing Kim. She is someone that uh, my audience knows very well. Shannon's kind of person that Shannon's like, I need to talk to Kim. So I feel very grateful, uh, Kimberly, that you've joined me today and great name, by the way. Um, (laughs) Yes, I think so, too. (laughs) Um, I guess the best place to start would be to kind of Explain what it is that you do so I don't butcher it. Uh yeah, could you kind of explain the work you do?
0: Yeah, thank you so much for inviting me onto your podcast. It's super exciting to be here and to explore consciousness with you. Mm-hmm. That is the that is my delight and what really lights me up and turns me on and human perception, human um, creation and the way that human beings act and think and create just is my my whole world and moving into higher and higher states of consciousness. Um, so a lot of people call me a soul architect.
2: I love that.
0: And what that really, like, what does that even mean? And where it's come from is um, we really have been trained to live from our human self and to to really operate from our programming and our conditioning and our traumas and our soul losses and, and really architecting our soul back into the driver's seat of our life. Mm-hmm. So that we're operating from our super conscious self, and our super conscious self has the plan for our life, and knows what we're capable of, and believes in us, and loves us beyond all limits, mm-hmm. and wants us to have the most the most enlivening enchanting experience of being human and growing our consciousness, our awareness of ourselves. And so when we architect our soul back into the driver's seat of our life, we move into the state of flow. You know, I love neuroscience. I love all of the sciences that explain human consciousness and our behaviors. And the flow state of neuroscience is that state where time evaporates Synchronicities line up. Uh, people, opportunities come to you without any effort, without even you like sitting in manifestation. I mean, how much have we done that, and 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 it's not working? Well, that's because our, our it's not coming from our soul level of desire of our eros of our our the content of our spirit and what we want to explore and experience and create in new ways that hasn't ever been created before. So I work with people to to go from where they are in each moment and that can be in the depths of depression that can be in deep deep PTSD trauma and and help them navigate that journey of the dark night of the soul and back into the soul being the driver of their experience and expanding into the creations and the potentials that the fulfillment, the joy, the happiness, the reverence for life, the exploration that we're here to actually, experience.
1: This might be a really weird question. I don't know why I'm going to ask it, but are all souls on a positive journey?
0: Well, I think it's a choice. Okay. So I think positivity is a perspective. Of course. But...
1: I guess what I mean in that is because as you're explaining and sorry to make it about me, but I feel the the state of flow when I'm acting between Action and Cut and anyone who's listened to my podcast like that is my time I'm present. I I rarely find that with family, with friends. I try to, but that feeling of like it's all just happening is so euphoric to me that I have like an addiction to it. And that's kind of why I've pursued a a career in acting because I love it so much. Is that mean that that's what my soul wants to do? I'm just trying to like help our our audience go, okay, where am I at flow? And does that mean, is that a good uh, indicator of that's where I should be heading Or, or it feels like you could always get quite lost. And like, I also enjoy this or whatever. Like, yeah. What, how do you know it's your soul's flow versus just situational?
0: That's a fantastic question. And I think it all goes to the energetics. Okay. So if we take the the knowing that everything is energy mm-hmm. and we base our, our understanding on that, okay, that's a truth, then when we're in the state of flow, it doesn't necessarily mean that everything is going right, but it means that there's energy moving you in that direction. And that energy can be moving you into a really deep soul healing or a a deep dive into the shadow where you're really like out of alignment, where you're not on your soul path. And that too is is part of the path. That is being in the flow. And it can also be, like you said, when when they the, when they say you know go, <laughs> and you you move into what you're going to be doing as an actor uh, you know as an actor then that too is the flow right when we sit down and we're engrossed in something and we feel that energy m- propelling us into it mm-hmm. that's what I mean by the state of flow now there is that that place of flow that right um researchers like the flow research collective talk about where where everything is in a positive flow but there can also be a real um there can be a um like a contraction around flow that is also beneficial mm. we've been taught to be afraid of that And to move the other direction. But when we do that, we're increasing the the density. We're increasing the trauma. We're increasing the difficulty with facing whatever that challenge is that we're meant to walk through. Because think of it this way. Many people, including myself, grow, grow up with a lot of trauma. That trauma has served me beyond measure as I faced it and walked through it and healed It because now I have the capacity to walk with anyone through anything that they're going through and to be a a supportive guide to help them walk through that and discover what's on the other side. Because we're always meant to have soul lessons, we're always meant to be learning something about the polarity of being human. So we can't have that euphoric state of flow without the depths of the despair of being human as well. Hmm.
1: Yeah, you're right. We do try and medicate out of that one. Um, (laughs) I have been trying with this podcast of sort of echoing the message of what you don't deal with will deal with you because I am very much a perfectionist, people pleaser, band-aider. Like that's fine. Have a shower, moving on. And really avoided dropping into my depression Mm because when it overpowered me, I couldn't get out of it. So I do try and sort of stay (laughs) above it where I can. Um, Something I wanted to talk to you about today, because I think a lot of Kiwis in particular, um, I know it's sort of a global thing at the moment, but New Zealand has um, not really had a summer. I do believe in seasonal depression at some level. And It's been a little rough. And I noticed kind of injecting into when I was back home a lot of negativity around me. And I wondered if you had any tips for our listeners because I've watched uh, quite a few of your um, frequency chats and how important it is to protect the energy around you. If you find yourself in a situation just by living your life that you're around a lot of negativity or bad energy, what are some ways that the audience can either protect themselves or keep themselves above it without being toxic? Because I know you use the word authentic a lot. And so I'm I'm kind of stuck between like what is authentic and what is forcing to get a result. And and just your thoughts on that. Or is it okay to be around negative energy? It was the longest question ever. Sorry. <laughs> You're nodding. So I felt like you were with me through it, but yeah. <laughs>
0: Totally with you through it. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a beautiful question because the, the collective consciousness is going through such a huge transformation. Yeah. And there is so much um, concern, fear, negativity, people wanting yeah, to hang on to, it. Yeah. to what was, not change. I call them recalcitrant souls.
1: Oh, okay. I don't know what the word recalcitrant means, but stubborn, maybe or yeah,
0: yeah, okay. little stubborn. Like, no, I'm I'm not doing that. I don't care what you say. Okay, right. right. Um, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So with that energy that's always surrounding us, I mean, within quant- with quantum entanglement, meaning we are all part of the whole. We are all entangled in each other's energy fields. So it is. I think it is wise beyond measure to learn energetic hygiene and how to maintain your own energy field so that so that you are responsible for how you feel in each and every moment and that that feeling state is a vibration it's vibratory and so where we're vibrating at dictates how we feel mm. so what we're focusing on if we're focusing on the negativity, if we're, if we're buying into it and getting into like arguments, no, I know a better way, you know, so, sort of trying to, to bring people on board to awakened and focusing on what they want to create instead of, you know, all of the negativity that we can absolutely dive into, mm-hmm. then, then we're taking responsibility for our own energy field. Mm. One of the practices that I like to really share with people is to just turn on imagination, turn on play. We all have the ability to tap into our transpersonal senses, our ability to sense beyond the physical world into the energetic world, Mm. right? So this would be like at the core of this would be your intuition. You just get a knowing, like, oh, I should do that thing, or oh, I should call that person, or oh, I shouldn't do that, right? So that that's the, the, the basis of our transpersonal senses, and then we go into the clairs, the ability to see, hear, feel, and know energy. Mm. So when we turn on our imagination, when we move back into the state of being the curious child... And we're just playing and we're just like, I wonder what will happen if I do this. So when we turn that state on and you you come into your internal world and it helps to close your eyes. And why do we do that? We do that to turn off the external stimuli. That's about 90% of our perceiving. Hmm through our eyes and our ears so when we turn when we close our eyes we turn off the external influences around us the negative energy around us Mm -hmm. right what's going on the chaos that's going on the the dismantling of the old structures that's going on the fear of the projections Mm -hmm. so we come into our interior and we turn off everything else. And then vision, give yourself permission to see however that happens for you, if you just kind of know it or you pretend. An energy field all around you, like the shape of an egg. Okay.
2: Mine was a star, but
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> okay, you can have a star, right? That's my well, ego talking like, yes. <laughs> yes, I'm here. Our human energy field, our human energy vehicle, is the shape of an egg, um, like an extended egg. And if you if you give yourself permission to just see that and kind of check it, check in on it, what does it look like? How far away is the boundary of it? Is there a boundary, or does it just dissipate off into nothingness? Is close, it
2: close close to me, but? Solid, but I can see
1: cracks in it, but I don't know if that's because it's an egg or if it's, (laughs) yeah.
0: Yeah, so I always say, trust what you're getting and let go of your concept of what it is Mm. and ask, what is this? Be curious, why are there cracks? Okay. Mm. And so once you've explored your energy field, then you've, so we'll use your example yeah. So you've, you've discovered cracks in your energy field. Well, how does that feel?
2: Well, interestingly enough, and this is probably the worst thing to
1: say, that I'm not accountable. Well, I'm a very accountable person, but I didn't feel like I cracked it. <laughs> this was my original thought. If I can be... Perfect.
0: Honest, yeah, it found- Yeah, that's perfect. So this came from something outside of me. Yeah. Yeah. So we're see, we're gonna trust. Yeah. What you're receiving is true for you. Mm. Because see, we've been taught to not believe ourselves, to discount what we know, to to make ourselves wrong, to to make the other person feel okay, all of that. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's a big issue for me is self-abandonment because I'm so swung the other way of like never wanting to appear victim-y. So I take all responsibility even for things that probably, are yeah. And I do struggle with self-trust and self-care and self-worth because I have a, a tendency to self-abandon for other most of the time,
0: <laughs> uh, to keep the peace. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, to, I shape shift myself in yeah. order to make you okay. So therefore, I don't have to deal with conflict. I don't have to deal with your fury, your projection, whatever is going on. Yeah. So good to know. So, so what? What we want to do is we want to we want to take ownership and responsibility for your energy field and the way it looks right now. Mm. Right? So, so what you can do is just with your intention, just with your mind, seal those cracks, Mm. seal them, make them completely disappear. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. That feels good. (laughs) Right. It feels good to have my aura Mm -hmm. healed. All those cracks repaired, I call them them penetrations, openings, vortices, where we've been hurt and we haven't known how to deal with that hurt. So it leaves a it leaves a crack in our energy field. So you're seeing something that is real, hmm. that has a basis in reality that that you get to honor and say, no, this. This is not okay with me and I am I am sealing all of those cracks and repairing my energy field back to its pristine order back to its luminosity back to its vibrancy and I'm going to fill it fill it with the color of light that most aligns with me gold so fill your whole aura with gold light mm-hmm. And now I want you to see a beautiful crystal container above your aura, above your head. Uh-huh. And fill it with that beautiful gold light. And make it the consistency of honey. Mm. And I want you to pour it on the outside of your energy field, all the way around sealing the whole entire boundary of your energy field. Mm.
2: And you can make it about six inches thick.
0: Okay. And set the intention that nothing lower than the vibration of limitless love has permission
2: to come into my energy field.
0: Yeah, that feels good. That feels empowering. Nothing lower than the vibration of limitless love has, has my permission to leave my energy field. So I'm not sending out any any vibrations that are lower than the vibration of limitless love and I'm not receiving any. Mm -hmm. I'm maintaining the vibration of limitless love in my energy field. Love dissolves everything that is not a, a frequency match to its vibration. Love is source, right? Love is God's self. Love is soul. Love is the substance of the universe. And so you become a frequency match to people, places, experiences, and events that match your frequency.
2: Yeah, that feels
0: good. Yeah. (laughs) What a beautiful exercise. Yeah, so I do that every day and I encourage... (laughs) <laughs> I encourage people to do that every day and you may just to help the audience understand what else might they find in their energy field when they do that and what to do with it is they might find anomalies of dense like smoky energy or objects you know that have a shape and a color and a and a and a feel to them um, they might find other other spirits right that that are are sort of um interjecting their their thoughts, their feelings, their, right? We do this with with dear people close to us who may be going through something or who may have different views and ideas and perceptions and programs that they want to force on us. So that would be projections. We may find all of those things and more holes in our energy field, like pieces missing or no boundary at all. Like it just dissipates off into the nothingness. Right, so we can take all of those experiences and say, feel it. Do I want this? Is this mine? Is this beneficial to me? Is this supporting my frequency of limitless love? No, it's not. Then I command you out of my energy field. You do not have permission to be here, Mm. period. My word is my law. I am the sovereign of this vehicle, of Mm. this I am presence. It is sovereign, holy unto me. No one else has permission to enter here without showing me limitless love,
2: without holding me in reverence for my human walk and what I'm going through. Mm. And these are the people that I draw to me to walk with on my journey,
0: being a soul and learning what it is to be human. And then to seal the outside boundary of your energy field. If your energy field is boundless, meaning it doesn't have a really clear boundary around it, then that that means that you're probably highly empathic, highly sensitive and you haven't known how to stand in your power.
1: Which is interesting because I relate to that, but I could see a little bound, but maybe it's also me knowing that we might tap on this today. But yeah, I feel like I am very much uh, give away all of my energy and my power with such ease at the beginning of the day.
0: Yes, <laughs> I yes.
1: I it back like, oh God. Yeah. It's just, who else does yeah. it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so you're bringing up a really important topic. Is it all right if I share another practice? please <laughs> yes to um to really learn how to be the sovereign of your life and know that that i am the center of my reality and this is not narcissism this is not self-centeredness this is this is coming into your internal authentic power mm-hmm. and commanding your reality and creating the life that you want to be living so it's stepping out of victim consciousness Something is happening to me and I don't have any control over it. That's what I would consider victim consciousness. To, wait, I'm creating this, so how am I creating this experience I don't want to be having? Patterns in our life that we create over and over. How am I creating this? And what do I need to do differently to not create this any longer?
2: Hmm. Yep. Came to me. I okay.
1: it's interesting cause I am one of my core values is generosity yet. It's also the chalice, which poisons me as well. Like, so it's, uh, yeah, I struggle with, as you're saying that, that was kind of what came to mind is like, I find myself in this pattern because I'm, and generous or given which I want to do and that's like a pillar that I identify but Mm -hmm. then yeah back in a season of struggle because I'm you know and so it's not I don't know how to be and do the things that I want to do because I at the same time have boundary yeah and I find it difficult to create boundaries or say no and things and so yeah it's obviously an area of learning i need to work on and not then have the guilt that comes with the the no or the boundary right perhaps yeah. that's kind of what you were sort of speaking to in that yeah
0: yeah so so when we when we give in generosity from a place of fullness where i'm fully resourced and i have I have the resources to give, then that there's an equal exchange. There's a giving and receiving of energy, coming and going. But when we when we give from a from a place of lack or or that I I need to do this to feel fulfilled, any of those sorts of ways that we override our knowing and um, give more than we have to give. Um, then we're depleting our own resources. And there's an imbalance because we're actually forcing our our, our giving onto the person that we want to receive it. Mm. Yep. So when we notice that we just say, oh, wow, look, there's my old way of coping with what I experienced in not being received. I'm trying to be received and and fill that old need to be valued by my beloved whomever that was that didn't have the bandwidth to receive you or didn't didn't have the the consciousness to receive your great light mm-hmm. and so to notice that oh look i'm i'm trying to get that need met let me meet it for me oh and you connect with that beloved child say oh beloved i Value you beyond measure. You are so precious to me. You are so worthy. And I love you unconditionally. And then check back in and see if you actually need to give. If that if that urge to give is still there. Mm-hmm. And is it coming from a soul level of there's an equal exchange happening here. And I'm not trying to get anything. There's nothing I need. And I feel fully resourced and I have a lot to share. I have a lot of love to give. And I'm giving it to someone that I know can receive me, Mm. right? Because often we'll try to give to someone that can't receive us, but we're trying to get them to receive us. And right, that's the wounded healer in us. That's Mm -hmm. Chiron. Okay. Hello, Chiron. Hello, Chiron. And that's us trying to save another from what we perceive as their own deficiency, their own suffering, their own um, ignorance, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But maybe their soul is trying to learn something from being in that place, being in that experience that they really need to learn. And we need to honor that that's where they are.
2: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's interesting. It's so interesting for me,
1: like through this journey, (laughs) my ego, like I thought I just had a couple of boxes I needed to unpack with a few like parental issues and stuff. And the more I go through, I'm like, oh no, there's another box. (laughs) It's like, oh, okay. (laughs) So, which is good. I'm not afraid of it. It's just humbling to be like, oh yeah, that's probably another thing, (laughs) which is good. How fun.
0: Um, Yeah, that the humility is the piece that helps us navigate these um, soul growth lessons and in healing and retrieving the pieces of ourselves that got left behind with so much grace yeah so much grace comes in when we can be humble and say I don't know how to do this I'm going to reach out for support or I don't know what's happening I'm going to connect with my higher self and ask for guidance Mm -hmm. yeah And no, I'm not alone and it's not required that I suffer to be human. That is not required. That is not a requirement of being human. That's a choice.
1: Yeah, that's so true. And I'm definitely not, I think everyone who listens to the show too is like, is on that journey of wanting to uh, be curious and eat up all the information that people like you are so Um, delightful to give. Now, I know I'm kind of at my time limit, but I don't know if there's a quick way or for your sake to do this. Would you mind explaining what a sole contract is and how we might figure out what ours might be? It's something you speak about in a lot of your videos and I just, I'm assuming people will kind of flock there and if they don't know and it hasn't been explained to them, I figured you're very articulate. (laughs) So Yeah.
0: Oh, thank you. Yeah. Soul contracts are um, like the lesson plan or the curriculum that we take on to learn about human consciousness, to learn about the human emotion scale, to learn about the contrast of being human, because being human, we're in a polarized field, we're magnets. We are polarized magnets. And so we draw to us what we, what is familiar to us and we push away what's unfamiliar to us. As a soul, we make contracts all the time. A contract may be, I will never do that again. That's a contract. Right, And it may be something very pivotal and specific in our lives that we're saying that about because we're maybe in the depths of despair or we've had a shock and we're making this emphatic statement. Well, that goes into our Akashic Records, our Book of Life, as a soul contract. Some significant soul contracts would be, I choose to be loyal to my family above my own needs. So I will be the dutiful daughter, mm-hmm. I will be the dutiful son, I will be the dutiful breadwinner in the family, and you won't have to do anything. These are contracts that we make to be loyal to an external authority, an, an authority outside of ourselves, meaning our family lineage, um, the company that we work for, the, the circle of friends that we're engaged with all of the all of the experiences of being human we make contracts about a contract a marriage contract for instance i will i will be with you for the rest of my life so these contracts we make then we go and explore what that contract tells us about being human and it's really important to understand that we have the right and the responsibility to understand that when the learning is done when we feel full I know everything I wanted to learn about this experience. Then it's up to us to cancel that contract, complete it. This is complete. I'm not learning about abandonment anymore, for instance, right? That would be an abandonment contract. I'm going to be loyal to something outside of me because what are you doing? You're abandoning yourself as Mm -hmm. being the center of your reality. No, I'm going to be loyal to me. And then if I have the bandwidth, I'm going to support you in what you are learning as a soul. Mm. So we can cancel contracts and write new contracts. When we cancel a contract, we want to dissolve it out of our book of records so that we're not creating out of it anymore. So that timeline diminishes and ceases. So we we end a t- we end a contract and a timeline at the same time. So you can think of it as I'm walking on this timeline of learning this lesson, and here are all of the things that come off of that timeline, that, you know, these little avenues we go down, and what about this, and what about that? And when you come to a completion, let's say, for instance, you're an empath and you've been involved with narcissistic partners, that's a contract to learn what that is like. To be dominated by another, to give your power away to another, those sorts of things, um, and you've you're like you're done. You've you've been, you've gotten to the the bitter end of that contract, and you're you're done. And you decide, I am, I am never, this is a contract, I am never going to give my power away to another human being for the sake of being cared for, being loved, being taken care of, um, you know, being safe, whatever the contract was about. And you make that new contract, you have to clear the old contract or you will keep walking on that same timeline. Even if you've consciously decided you're not doing that, The contract is in the subconscious program Mm. that you don't have conscious awareness of until you awaken to that level of consciousness and you say, wow, I've been playing the victim and giving my power away and take self-responsibility for your part of creating what's been created. Mm. That's cool.
1: That's a good idea. Yeah, I kind of visualize it as like putting it in the trash and then like, emptying it in terms of like on a screen yep Yep. you you sure you want to empty yes empty it
0: yeah yeah Yeah. In in the etheric world I say call on the consciousness of the fire the element of fire because it's the transmutation energy and so take that contract pull it out of your book of life and put it in the fire and allow it to be dissolved love that
1: uh A way I finish my show often is asking people what their brain looks like. Now, this could be a movie scene, a picture, like um, cogs in a wheel, a crazy garden, a haunted house. Do you have a visual that comes to mind when you think of what your brain looks like?
0: Wow, that's so beautiful. So, (laughs) you when you said that, immediately what I saw was this this ocean, this sea of life. I saw this this like cosmic void that's that's at once, full and completely empty. I just saw like this this movement of of pathways of information and in um, consciousness just moving and gyrating and vibrating. It's just like scintillating.
1: Oh, what a cool brain! Does that feel accurate? Does you yeah? I yeah, love it. Cool. yeah. Just
0: like expansion in in every direction. Oh, I
1: love that. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a good one. I like that. Okay. I'll come spend some time in your brain. That looks like fun <laughs> uh-huh. cool exercises. Lady I interviewed recently also had a good one, which I'll share in case people haven't heard it where she felt like her brain was like this garden and some of the beds were, uh, like looked dead but she knew she had planted things. So she's kind of got to remember that stuff will sprout and grow and it's seasonal and some things are blossoming that have had lots of... And I was like, oh, that's a cool way because often we can look and go, my God, it's barren. But that, yeah, trusting that the stuff you've been doing and it can be seasonal and it can look great at times and then look dead, but it will grow again. I was like, oh, that's cool. Um, But I like yours. The, the, The endlessness of it is a really beautiful beautiful thing. Um, Hey, Kim, thank you so much for your time today. Sorry I went a little bit over, but what a beautiful experience it's been just speaking to you. And thank you for your your practical tips too about people's energy. I think that'll be a very helpful tool. Um, So thank you for for giving your time. I'm, I'm really, really grateful.
0: Well, thank you, Kimberly, so much for inviting me to play in your world. It's so much fun. And um, I'm so grateful to get to spend some time with you. Thank you.